Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Gators breakdown coverage of SEC Media Days is brought to you by my bookie. MyBookie will match 50% of your first-time deposit up to $1,000. If you're already a customer, get a 25% reload up to $500. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you late night SEC Media Day coverage in Atlanta. Left around 7 p.m. Drove all the way back to Jacksonville. Going to throw an episode together right here for you. Hopefully you wake up there on Thursday morning. You have an episode of Gators Breakdown waiting on you or in the middle of the night if you're here on YouTube right there. So uh, bringing it to you, Billy Napier, Anthony Richardson. Uh, that's what the, the bulk of the episode of uh, this episode is going to be. Uh, we'll say Ventrell Miller and Richard Garage for Friday as we expand our coverage there uh, from SEC Media Day. So uh, lots to get into from the head coach from the quarterback, and, and just a, a fun time uh, in Atlanta, fun time at SEC Media Days, as it always is. Uh, big thanks to the SEC for putting this together. Big thanks to Florida for uh, you know allowing this access, even more access uh, uh, this time around. Um, so um, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stuff coming your way uh, from the head coach and the quarterback of the Florida Gators. Before we get there, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button if you're on the YouTube version. Get those notifications. Get those notifications when you uh, subscribe to Gators Breakdown. Make sure you don't miss that episode when it hits YouTube. Leave some comments there. What do you think about what Billy Napier says, what Anthony Anthony Richardson says? Leave it right there in the comment section. Your support right there really, really helps Gators Breakdown grow. Uh, Check us out at the home of Gators Breakdown, news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. And right now on Gators Breakdown Plus, if you sign up, if you're a current member, you're locked in, you have a chance to win. But also, if you sign up for Gators Breakdown Plus between now and August 19th, you will be entered for a chance to win a pair of tickets to Florida versus Utah. So 
some good stuff there uh, from the Gators Breakdown Plus side of things. So, all right, let's get uh, straight to it. Let's get to the head man himself, Billy Napier, at his first SEC media days. Coach, what aspects of building Louisiana in year one are you applying to building Florida in year one? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, there's a lot of common uh, ground. Um, you know, each one of these teams, I mean, I think each year is a little bit different, but year one, you're learning um, your place, right? You're learning how to present your product. You're learning uh, the community, the administration, the players. I mean, there's so many people that contribute to your team. Uh, so that's where we're at at the University of Florida, and I feel like looking back uh, was very similar at UL. Um, you know, and, and every day there's a problem to solve, right? And I think that this goes with year one. I often would say year one is like giving a year of your life away, you know, because each day, man, there's just a handful of things that continue to pop up. So uh, we're work in progress, much like we were year one there. We've got a lot of work to do to improve, uh, but I'm confident we've got the resources and the people to do that. If for sure you listen there, Billy Napier has a lot going on in year one. And yeah, you know, I wouldn't, I wanted to ask him about, you know, what, what can you take away for you had to learn a lot from that year one at Louisiana. You know, this is not, uh, luckily this is not his first job. You know, Florida has been through that with, you know, kind of a Will Muschamp and um, a lot of learning on the job that just didn't pay off. You know, now the mistakes that Billy Napier may have made in May in year one back at Louisiana, not going to make those same mistakes now and he'll probably make some new mistakes uh at florida as he said he's, he's learning along the way kind of admitted that you know but now it's just about learning from those mistakes and, and making some fast adjustments uh along the way but look there is a lot to fix at the university of florida so in, in year one there's a reason a, a reason a coaching change was needed a coaching change was made florida was not where it was supposed to be so there are things that need fixing of course uh, belief and trust on both sides, coaching staff to the players and the players to the coaching staff. You know, right there, each other had to believe and trust in one another. The psyche of the team, of course. You know, now, can, can you bounce back? You know, they're, I'm sure they lost a lot of confidence last year. Uh, you got to work to get that back together. The recruiting itself needed to be organized. Relationships needed to be built with high school coaches in the state. And we go back to this co early coaching clinic uh, Billy Napier was a part of, and I get a message from a, a, um, that Twitter account uh, for uh, one of the coaching clinics here uh, in, in the state of Florida, and they DM me saying, you know, Dan Mullen never did this, never did this. So Billy Napier knows he's, knows he's got to build that relationship uh, with the coaches in the state of Florida, and that goes to the players as well. He was not recruiting these players he was not recruiting these type of players so you know we're there you learn there's some more things he has to learn uh in year one and i'm sure there was things he learned year one in, in louisiana about the recruiting process that he'll take over and, and start uh like he did at florida but just it's on another scale and we'll kind of get into that a little bit. He, he, he realizes that, uh, and he knows that, uh, that this is a, a different scale. Everything is covered at the University of Florida compared to somewhere like uh, Louisiana. But, you know, you, you go back and, and compare to year ones, uh, like you said, you know, there's, just, there's a life, life aspect to this as well. Learning on the job, learning about Gainesville, 
making sure your family is taken care of, uh, assess, assess the plan set forth by uh, administration. Now he was told he was going to get everything, you know, get, interviewing for the job at Florida. You know, we're going to give you all the resources here. Um, and look, not a lot, not a lot of that was not going to be instant. Things are take time. So, you know, assess the plan set forth by administration. What needs to change? Apply the changes. How long did those changes take? Everything's a work in progress uh, right now. That's probably another thing he learned going back to Louisiana in year one. It, it is a work in progress. Everything is not instant. As, as much as we want it to be, as much as uh, I'm sure he wanted it to be in building Louisiana, there there is a process that goes along with this. More so in year one than any other year. So, you know, fortunate he had that time uh, at Louisiana so he can learn from those mistakes. Uh, he left a well-oiled machine at Louisiana to come to Florida, start over at Florida. Of course, a lot of coaches are going to make that move, but he had his chances at other schools uh, and decided Florida was the one. We'll get into that in just a bit as well. But you know, th there's lessons, I think, you know, coming from Louisiana uh, in year one. Make sure you, you, you don't make them again. That's kind of you know, what Billy Napier sounds like. There's some good things that happened as well uh, in, in learning at Louisiana. As he said, the, the, those aspects there about learning about the community, uh, the, the staff that you have to have to get things done. Though, you know, it um, believes in he, – he believes in Florida's support, uh, the, the, the support structure. And it, it's getting there. Is it fully there yet? No. Uh, but, you know, that was, that, that was part of it. That was part of taking this job at Florida, uh, the, the timing of it. We'll get into that, that a bit more uh, coming up soon. But um, – well, even more, even more sound here from Billy Napier, including the differences from the last time he was in the SEC. He was an assistant coach at Alabama the last time he was in the SEC, of course. Uh, also, having a plan, getting that trust from the players, the timing of the Florida job, and also getting that much-needed transfer wide receiver, Ricky Pearsall. Coach, to your right, the back row. Chess Boucher with NBC 33 in Baton Rouge. Corey Raymond is essentially the godfather of DVU at LSU. What does he mean to you and, you know, your new coaching staff? Yeah, Corey brings a ton of wisdom. You know, I mean, I think he's assistant head coach for defense and really a guy that um, I have tremendous respect for. Uh, the player development, the pedigree, the track record. I mean, it's phenomenal when you think about 16, you know, guys getting drafted there. But... You know, Corey connects with people well. You know, I think he's, he's, he does a really good job establishing rapport with his players. He's a, he's a phenomenal teacher in the classroom setting, on the field. And I just think he's a savvy veteran and uh, always a guy that, you know, you, you know you're gonna, he's going to be consistent and you're going to get his very best. To your left, Coach, third row. Hey, Billy. Jeff Spiegel, ABC 3340, Birmingham. What's the most important thing you learned under Nick Saban at Alabama? Well, I think defining expectations, you know, I think he, he's got a really good understanding of all the different parts of the organization, um, you know, and it's his way, right? So he's very methodical. He has his way of doing things, his systems. Uh, he defines expectations. He's consistent. He's fair. Um, and then, you know, I just think overall, a very disciplined person, you know, in terms of how he uses his time. Um, phenomenal leader, very well, always very well prepared. 
uh, and really um, always evolving, you know, willing to adjust, willing to adapt, always quality control in everything that we did. Um, and, you know, we take much of the same approach in, in how we operate. Ben Bobick, Local 3 in Chattanooga. You're kind of the, uh, a big Murray County High School success story, man. Any uh, memories you have from high school and any tips you learned from your dad coaching-wise that, that you apply in your own style? And, you know, I, we moved there when I was two. You know, my dad coached at the same school for, I think, 20-plus years. Um, you know, I, I'm a product of that growing up there, right? I mean, we had, um, you know, carpet mill workers, farmers, you know, a good middle-class economy. Um, you know, it was a blue-collar place, you know, and, and uh, with values, you know, and I, and I think that uh, it benefited me growing up there, right? And I still, to this day, uh, riding around there, you know, there's too many to talk about, but that place is in the fabric of who I am. I wouldn't be here today without that experience. To your right, fourth row. Uh, Coach uh, Ike Jones with the War Report. Um, you've been in the SEC before, um, but is, it, is there a big difference for you now being a head coach of an SEC program, and what are the big challenges that you've had to face so far uh, getting that program up and running? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think that probably the biggest difference is early signing period, you know, uh, the pace of recruiting, the timeline has been sped up, you know, summer official visits, uh, then you throw NIL, portal, right? I mean, so that's the area where I think we are, um, you know, having to adjust, right? So some of our coaches have experienced it, for, but for me, everything that we're doing from a recruiting perspective is a little bit different than maybe the last time I was in the league, if that makes sense, right? So, uh, and I think the NIL portal thing, but that's the case for every coach in America. Um, but that, that's the biggest difference. I mean, I think being the head coach is much like being the head coach at Louisiana. You know, I joke around, it's got a lot more people watching, you know. So, um, you know, we, we're excited. And um, Florida's one of those places, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those iconic uh, places in college football. Straight ahead, coach, fourth row. Coach, a lot of people talk about a guy's a player's coach, but that doesn't mean that you go out with your players and be buddies with them. And I got four kids, and they say, ain't the parents are the problem more today. They want to be friends with their kids. How do you separate? You're the coach, but you've got to spend a lot of time letting them know they matter when you're working them hard. And how often do you participate in those workouts with them? Yeah, I think you make a great point. Um, you know, I was reading this past weekend a book and specific chapter on servant leadership, right? And um, this guy was talking about asking young people, who are the most influential leaders in your life, right? Typically they say a parent uh, or a teacher or a coach. And then the questions posed, do you always agree with their, their decisions or, or their approach, right? Do they always tell you what you wanna hear? You know, and hey, they may have tremendous respect for that person as a leader and the impact they made. That doesn't mean you, you know, there's a difference between servant and submissive, if that makes sense, right? And I think the key to me for young people is that they know that you really care for them and that you're working hard to help them improve. Um, you know, and then once you've made that connection, you know, I think you can, you can coach them hard, you know, and, and as long as they know that you have a plan and you care for them and you can help them get better, um, 
And that's, we're currently in the process of doing that at the University of Florida. Good question. I'm sorry, to your right, third row. Billy, his LSU job was, was mentioned earlier. Obviously, your name was circulated with, with Auburn about a year ago as well. What was it about the Florida opportunity that, that made that make sense for you, at, you know, as opposed to some other opportunities you may have had in the past? Yeah, I mean, I think timing's important in these jobs. Um, you know, you do a ton of research. You, you know, Florida, three coaches, um, you know, maybe not quite the success they expected. Um, you know, why, right? I mean, that was my question. And I think I've got a good understanding of that and what needs to be addressed to position Florida for success, right? And I think that um, the administration was willing to um, collaborate. They believed in our plan. They've given us the resources to execute our plan. Uh, and I think it's one of those places that has history and tradition. They have um, the degree, the alumni, the passion, right? They, they have tasted it and they want to taste it again, right? So uh, there's a passion there and a motivation there and I think the timing is right. New facility, commitment to growth in the infrastructure, new era with the portal NIL. You know, we live in a state with 21 million people. We have 470,000 living alumni. We have a top five education. I mean, it, it, we have a, a really good product, right? And we are within the proximity of a lot of really good football players, right? So uh, we're gonna take our plan, we're gonna work hard at it and execute our plan, and I'm confident it'll work. Zach Albaverde, Gators Online. Billy, you spoke in the spring about the need at receiver, and then you guys went and added two players at that position this off season. Can you discuss both of those guys? Uh, first with Ricky, is him getting that number one jersey maybe a sign of the impact you guys expect him to have on offense? And then two, Thy Bowman, how did he even come on y'all's radar and, and right. what does he bring to that spot? You know, um, I think that we, I like our receiver group. I mean, we've got, we've got a handful of really good players. I think some with experience, some that I think are very capable. Uh, I think we needed a, uh, complimentary players, right? Often would say the receiving group is like a basketball team. You know, you need a center, a power forward, a three guard. You need a two guard. You need a point guard, right? You need some diversity in the room. Uh, and I think we added a couple players that have some of that, some of the things that we needed, speed, change of direction, run after catch, uh, vertical threat. Uh, and I think both these guys do that. Ricky, obviously, uh, has been a very productive player you know, and, and was the leading receiver at Arizona State and, you know, has film and uh, there's no question that he's garnered the respect of our uh, team so far just in, you know, eight, nine weeks. Uh, and then Ty, Ty got banged up a little bit early on, a, on arrival, uh, but Ty's earning respect as well. You know, he was just a guy who passed our evaluation. You know, he was in this class and we found out he was available uh, he's a high school qualifier, so we made a decision to go ahead and bring him in. So uh, he has character. You know, he has uh, been mentored by some great receiver coaches and receivers. Um, you know, his brother played at Northwestern, had a cup of coffee in the league. You know, he's got a football background, uh, and I think he's, you know, really got good intangibles. You know, I think he's going to bring some things to our team. So two good players, both passed evaluation, and, you know, I think good people and good players.
Yeah, a lot of differences there. Billy Napier pointed out, of course, from the last time he was in the SEC. Uh, college football is changing, and college football is changing a lot, no matter where you're at, of course. But from the last time he was in the SEC uh, in recruiting these type of kids and coaching, coaching these type of kids, NIL is now a part of a transfer portal uh, is part of it. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the recruiting calendar itself ha- has been sped up. Uh, so, I mean, look, he had to learn. He's, he's, he had to and still learning all those aspects of when he was an assistant coach. Now, now all those aspects as a head coach, it's not, it's not easy. I know I, I, I want instant success as well. Absolutely. I do. I know you guys do as well, but there is a, there, I'll go back to it. There is a process to all this and, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see where it takes Florida. Uh, but uh, I believe the structure set forth by Billy Napier, uh, if, just, if you listen to him at, at all at SEC Media Days, I mean, it's hard not to believe him when he says, you know, that there's a way, there's ways to do this. And I believe in my way. And we're going to do it uh, my way. I, I've had success. Uh, we're, we're getting there. It has changed. The game has changed. I need to learn about it at this level. It's all about adapting and learning fast. And I really think uh, Billy Napier's on his way uh, to doing that. Very competitive. He's got all his ducks in a row. I mean, he's, he's, so the, the organization is there. Some things to learn, some things to build as far as relationships go. But and that's relationships as far as recruiting goes. But like he said, also a plan and trust. I mean, I can't tell you how many times these players, Anthony Richardson, Richard Garage, Ventro Miller, so they believe in the plan Billy Napier has set forth for them. They are really ingrained in that plan. He's laid out a plan for these guys. They believe in that plan. They trust in that plan. They trust in him. They trust in his coaching staff. Now, of course, all that sounds good right now. Well, we'll have to wait till the season. We'll have to wait till Florida lines up versus Utah. We'll have to line, watch and watch Florida line up versus Kentucky and Tennessee in the first month of the season. Fast forward to LSU and Georgia, Texas A and M, in the season with Florida State. Go out there and lose. Go out there and you know not lose those games that you're supposed to win. The teams that you're more talented than. Go, you know, go, go win those games. A lot of that's, you know, we'll see how this, this, what they believe in with the plan and the trust, you know, how far that can carry them. Now, it doesn't mean if Florida goes out there and loses some games that, you know, the, the, the plan is not working or, 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 or good. There's, there's, there's a, or good, you know, there's a, there's a transition here. We don't know what that transition is going to be like. We'd all love to, take a look back at last year and say Florida was oh so close in this many games or if Florida just had better quarterback play, they'll win more games. On the surface, that should be all it takes for Florida to go out there and win more games, but transitions are hard sometimes. Transitions really, really, you don't know how you're going to react till you get punched in the face. And all, Look, every time a new head coach is hired, it every, everything's rosy. Everything's good. Everything, everybody believes things are heading into the – even in this time of year, it doesn't matter if it's the new head coach or not, there's a lot of hope out there. But specifically, specifically if you have a new head coach coming in and changing the culture and changing the plan, we really believe and see that that's happening. But what does that mean for Florida on the field? There is a plan. There is trust. But what does that mean when Florida gets on the field? We hope that means when you look to the guy to your left and to your right that you're going to go out there and play for that guy and your friend next to you and your your, your coach on the sideline next to you 
and you go out there and hope that makes a difference. But it all sounds good, and I hope that to be the case. Just gonna have to wait and see that. Uh, one more time, you know, Billy Napier asked about the timing of the Florida job, and those were some things that we heard when he when, when he took the job. Uh, it was a timing uh, a bit. It was the 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 best time for him to leave Louisiana. He wanted to fill, finish something he had built there, go win a conference championship, and take the right job. Whether you know South Carolina, Auburn, Mississippi State, whether or not they were the right job, timing wasn't there for Billy Napier. But we also know there's more behind it than that. Was he going to have the support? Going back to our first soundbite earlier, was he going to have the support to build the program the way he wants? Would he have a recruiting base, a, re, a recruiting pool to pull from and get the talent needed to build a program like he needs to build? Are you getting that at South Carolina? No, not really. You don't have the talent pool there. History tells us you're not building a national champion. I mean, you know, Clemson has done it. Does that mean a school at South Carolina could possibly get it done? Hard to believe two schools in that state would be able to get it done. So, um, you know. Billy Napier, not interested in South Carolina. Auburn, that, that job has come up. You're competing with Alabama. You can win titles there. Well, we have seen it. You can compete for titles there. But we've all remember the, the Brian Harson story. Crazy storylines that were going on around there where sound like sounded like Auburn was trying to get rid of him. You know, We've all kind of heard the the involvement, maybe too much involvement from the boosters of that school. And if that theme and narrative is out there, does Billy Napier want to walk into that? Mississippi State, you're not winning big there. So, okay. Billy Napier was waiting waiting on the, the right job, the right timing. And Florida was that. Florida was able to sell him on, we're going to give you everything you need to win. That was part of him taking the job at Florida. And then ending it with Florida getting big-time wide receiver transfer, Ricky Pearsall, going to fit in to this offense, more than likely in that slot role, but he can play outside as well. They're going to move him around. And then I love the basketball reference that they were saying. Like, Look, you've got to have different types of receivers. You can't have just the physical big-body receivers. You can't um, have one mold of receiver. You, you need – the speed guy. You need the guy who can be the elusive wide receiver. Not necessarily top end speed fast, but the quick, quick twitch type of fast. A guy that can take a top off of a defense, but also a guy that can take a screen past 60 yards. So uh, that Florida needed a player with more speed out there on the field at the wide receiver position. And it sounds like, and we'll get into more, Anthony Richardson will go into detail about his relationship with Pearsall and what he brings to the table. Sounds like exactly what Florida needs in that wide receiver room. So I won't go too deep there because we'll hear some from Anthony Richardson. So a little bit more there from SEC Media Days. We got the... Uh, talked to Billy Napier and the players in a private session uh, before he went down uh, to the main stage uh, there in Atlanta 
at the College Football Hall of Fame. But more from Napier in a private session on more team aspects before we get to Anthony Richardson. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With the regimen wrapping up, what do you like most about your team and in the camp, whether it's side of the ball, position, or just something about the fabric of this team? Yeah, I, you know, I, I said this earlier, um, I love how they embrace work. You know, I mean, this group is not scared um, to strain. They're not scared to get out of their comfort zone, right? I mean, I think we've got uh, a group that embraces the weight room, the running, the speed improvement, the OTAs, uh, the four-dimensional gator plan, um, you know, all the things that we've done throughout the summer, uh, the accountability structure, I mean, we've got a lot that goes into that. And they've embraced those things, right? I like that. Um, I think that they're, they love to compete. Um, I think they're tough. Um, and I think they got a little bit of an edge, right? I mean, they feel uh, there's a little chip on the shoulder, right? They know they got to go earn respect. Um, and I think when you're a coach, that's a good thing, right? So, um, you know, I go back to spring ball. When you put the ball down, they, they want to go, you know, so. And I think that's a good trait um, when you're trying to put together a team. And then conversely, what's what's the biggest concern in the camp, whether it's depth issues or just still maybe some of the unknowns of this team? Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, you know, we've got a core group of veteran players, but we have a, a big portion of our roster uh, is inexperienced. You know, maybe they have ability. Uh, maybe you see the, you know, the traits that you're looking for, but they haven't been out there and done it. Yeah. Uh, so we've got to develop that confidence by recreating the game in practice. Um, you know, I think, and then we've added a good group of young players, freshmen, high school freshmen, uh, a couple junior college players, and then uh, some transfers, right? And I think that transfer group brings some experience. So, you know, there's a lot of roles to be determined on our team. You know, we're not sitting here with eight, nine, ten starters coming back across the board. You know, we've got positions where we've got to develop the second man up, right, the third guy up. So, uh, and, and that's the beautiful thing about training camp because it pr provides and creates that opportunity. Probably, probably know the answer to this, but with those unknowns, would you rather be playing the not Pac-12 defending <laughs> champion to start, yeah. you know, to maybe figure some of those things out? You know, I mean, I, I really believe that having a formidable opponent in the opener is healthy for your team, you know. Uh, as much as you would like to think, hey, we're going to, our team is not going to be affected by who they play, where they play. Uh, I, th I do think it, we all got a little bit of that human nature in it. I think it's important. Uh, and, you know, I think our staff and team has so much respect uh, for Coach Whittingham and that Utah program, the consistency in which they performed. Uh, and certainly they had a heck of a team last year. Uh, so they've got a good group coming back and uh, you know we're we're excited about the things that come with it. And I do think it's healthy for our team to have that 
carrot out there of, hey, look, we've got a top 10 team, the Pac-12 champ coming into the swamp. So I think it's healthy for our team. After a couple of months. One, two more before we <clears throat> A few months of actually working with Coach Spencer, right? I mean, you knew about him, and I think Robbie worked with him with the Giants. Mm -hmm. What's sort of been your first-hand impressions of him as a recruiter, of him as a tactician and everything? Yeah, no, I think uh, really been impressed with Sean, just his character. I think he has a sincere care for people and helping people improve, you know, not only on the field as football players, but also uh, as people in general. Uh, he's done a great job establishing rapport with that group, you know, that connection that's required uh, to not only where you can lead the group, you can challenge the group, but you also uh, can be that, that person that they need at times, right? So. Uh, Sean's a consummate professionalist. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's done it at the highest level. He's produced draft picks on a consistent basis at the college level. He's coaching the National Football League. Uh, he's intelligent. He's a leader. Uh, he's got great energy. And I think, you know, at that position, ultimately, uh, those lead to one heck of a coach. You know, Billy, Nick Saban said $3 million in NIL deals last year for his team. Mm -hmm. This earlier curve, he said 95 guys, 95 on his roster. I am no rosters that big. Have deals. Where do, where does the Gators fit in there? Um, I wouldn't be able to speak on what we did last year, okay? But I, I do think that, uh, you know, I, I've said this many times. I think at NIL to University of Florida should and will be a strength. Um, you know, I think when you talk about living in a state with 21 million people, you talk about 470,000 living alumni. Uh, we're right in the heart of the state with all these, you know, media outlets uh, surrounding us. Um, I just think there's really uh, opportunity there. And I do think that we've got a number of players on our team that have benefited from NIO. Um, I don't have specifics because I can't speak on the, on the past. I do know since we arrived, uh, the athletic department, our staff, in-house, we've been very aggressive in terms of uh, creating our plan uh, and putting that in, put into position. So I think our players are going to benefit from that. You, you said uh, last question, guys. Uh, you, you think it, NIL will be and should be a strength at Florida? Do you think it is a strength for you guys right I now, do. as best you can tell? I do. I think, it, and I believe it's very fluid. If that makes sense, you know. What I mean? <laughs> I think it's a tough dynamic when the rules change about every month, you know. And, uh, so I think as a new staff, uh, you know, you come in, you evaluate, okay, what, what was the plan? You know, what was going on? Uh, what are the laws in this state? Um, you know, what's the current dynamic with the returning players, right? And how do we collaborate, right? I think that's the big thing. You know, you're talking about uh, the UAA Gator Boosters, you're talking about the foundation, you're talking about connecting the dots, right? It's one of the reasons that we created GatorMade, right, is to help be that bridge. One of the uh, components of GatorMade is that we have a specific person who's in charge of player engagement in NIL. Um, and I think that Marcus has hit the ground running and uh, has really helped improve our situation. So there we go. Kind of one more thing on Billy Napier's plate in year one that he really has to learn. Name, image, and likeness. And look, it's Florida was behind there. I mean, grateful the Gator Collective was started, but the previous staff didn't necessarily embrace it. 
So Florida was behind in that regard. The, the Gator Collective was there. It was launched in Dan Mullins last year. But without the embrace of the head coach himself, kind of stunted NIL just in general for Florida, not just the Gator Collective, but everything else NIL related out there. So as he said, what was the plan? What was the plan coming in? And how can we change it? And when we talk about the support and the, and the support Florida needs for that, but when you look specifically at NIL, can everybody be on the same page uh, about it? You know, what does the administration support for name, image, and likeness? Now we know, of course, about inducements and how it's not supposed to be a part of that, but word gets out, Florida has good NIL deals, it will take care of itself. So, you know, what are you doing for for, for the structure there? As Billy Napier said, uh, you know, you, you, we're going to have to start looking at, you know, how, well, what is the plan for it involving all these different parties, whether it be, you know, booster funds. Okay. Well, maybe some of that money now goes towards NIL instead of the booster funds and toward the UAA. And you know, how, how does that work? I have, a, I have a feeling you, if you want to create a winner, you know, name, image, and likeness is going to be a huge factor into that. And I think the other things will maybe take care of itself when Florida starts winning and you need talent to win. And the talent is going to notice name, image, and likeness opportunities at the University of Florida. And that's what they're learning. You know, how do you weigh it? You know, what, what? All these pieces have to come together and have to come together pretty fast, uh, but at risk of you know, not falling behind. And maybe that happened toward the beginning of this recruiting cycle, but I think Florida's rebounded pretty nice. I think July, as we sit here in July, without getting too much into recruiting, I think you know it's going to end up paying off for Florida, having a pretty good end of the month here uh, for, for for the Gators. So I do think they learned the lesson pretty pretty early, you know, pretty early on of how I do think name the, the importance of name, image, and likeness. We knew it was going to be important. I do maybe think with this staff coming in and trying to get their legs under them that it probably caught them by surprise a little bit because they were still trying to get so many other things in order. But I do think they learned that lesson pretty quick and they were able to, to adjust and adapt to that aspect of it to now where it's okay. We rebounded a bit. It's going to be a strength at Florida. It should be a strength at Florida. You heard Billy Napier say uh, every, all the alumni in the state and how many people can contribute uh, to, to things like the, the, the Gator Collective and other NIL opportunities out there. Uh, the, it should be a strength at Florida. It is a strength at Florida. We can make it a bigger strength in the University of Florida. You know, it's not done. It's never going to be done. Uh, it's not going to be, all right, well, this – NIL opportunity started, like the Gator Collective, and all right, well, it's been around for a year. We're, we're done. No, no, it has to keep building. It has to keep building there. And I think um, everybody's trying to learn <laughs> at the same time. I'm trying to learn. If I'm trying to learn about all NIL and all its ins and outs, I'm sure the staff has to put there as well. I mean, Marcus Castro Walker was one of the, if not the first kind of NIL staff hire in the country. A, a staff hired just to learn and follow name, image, and likeness and the opportunities and how it, how to ingrain it into the university. It's a new world out there. Still a lot to learn. And as he said, it seems like things change. The rules change all the time about name, image, and likeness. 
What risk do you take? What risk do you not take? There's a lot of checks and balances that go on when dealing with name, image, and likeness. But man, it's not easy. I don't think it's easy. Not by any means. And don't get me wrong, we, we know this staff has come in. There's an army there. They get paid to handsomely to, to do a job, but you know, it's uh, it's a lot easier said than done to say, all right, everything should be clicking at, at, at this point. I don't know about that. And there is was there was a lot to fix. I keep going back to that point. There was a reason that change was made. It was not going to be an instant fix. I like the plan in place, and I hope to see it pay off. All right, so before we get to Anthony Richardson, one more time, our SEC Media Day coverage is brought to you by my bookie. College football season is around the corner, and you know what that means. Spreads, money lines, props galore. With the first slate of games approaching, you want to know who to watch. What are the matchups? And most importantly, who or who not to bet on? There are live odds right now to be bet on at mybookie.ag. Either way, you can get started. It's very simple. My bookie will match 50% of your first-time deposit up to $1,000. And if you're already a customer at my bookie, get a 25% reload up to $500. So whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to college football, there's never been a better time to join the my bookie family. That's why they are Gators Breakdown's preferred sports book. Go ahead. Sign up today using promo code SEC Media to secure your first deposit up to $1,000 with my bookie. Also, you can scan that QR code for the same deal. So, whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000, giving you all the funds you need to bet this season. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. All right. So, I told you guys we were going to get to Anthony Richardson, but before we do, Let's get thoughts on Anthony Richardson from the head man himself, the quarterback position from the head man himself. Here's Billy Napier on Anthony Richardson. Anthony Patterson with the Atlanta Voice. What did you know about Anthony Richardson before taking the Florida job versus now what you know? And what leadership qualities are you expecting out of him this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, I think we all were very aware of Anthony and and you know, when given opportunities to play. You know, he's had some unique situations with two quarterbacks, some injuries, um, some, you know, veteran player, draft pick, really exceptional players in front of him, right? So, but when he did play, you could immediately see. I think I can remember the bowl game against Oklahoma. I still remember him going in the game and I'm watching that and I'm thinking, man, they got their guy for the future, you know? Uh, but he is, he has the physical traits. What I've been impressed with is he's extremely bright. He has character. He's humble. He cares about his teammates. Um, and he's willing to work. You know, and he's a great listener. He takes the meeting room to the walkthrough to the field. I think he's growing up as a leader. You know, he understands the importance of his role, not only on our team, but at the University of Florida and all the things that come with that. Uh, so, 
It's one of the greatest things about coaching is you get a chance to be a part of that journey, right? I mean, there's, that's where the gratification as a coach comes in, right? When you get a chance to be there and help them write that story. Um, and I'm excited about working with Anthony. How's Anthony attacked the offseason? It's been good. You know, I think our, our quarterback routine is um, pretty rigorous. You know, I think when you go all the way back to starting an identity program, uh, up until this point, this summer in particular, there's a lot of work outside of that eight hours that we require. So it's been a, a really good summer for him. Um, I think that he's working hard on his leadership, uh, his maturity, really growing up as a person, improving his character. Um, and then I see him, uh, his football intelligence is growing, right? His awareness of front pressure coverage, protections, all the different things that we ask the quarterback to do. It's very much a quarterback-driven system. So uh, we've gotten a lot of work in this summer. Um, I'm pleased, you know, he's uh, remained humble. Uh, I think he's got a little bit of an edge about him, you know, wants to prove himself. You know, you a lot of talk about Anthony, but Anthony's played like 220 plays in his career. Right? I think he's completed 33 passes. So, um, but he's, you know, phenomenal talent. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing all that potential turn into what, what about the Manning count throw? Mm -hmm. I mean, does that just kind of show this, like... Yeah. I mean, how he can seize them. I mean, there were people who and eyeing him in the Mannings a little bit, yeah. it sounded like. Well, you know, I mean, I think that's a... You know, one play doesn't reflect the quarterback. Right? Sure. One throw doesn't reflect the quarterback. It's the ability to do things consistently. Uh, as a performer, right? Can you, uh, do you have the discipline to execute, but more importantly, do you have the will to prepare, right? And I think that's the ultimate uh, challenge of playing quarterback is it requires uh, you to build stack days, improve uh, your ability to affect other players, to increase your football IQ, to take that meter to the field. Uh, and then once you get to this season and it's time to compete, do I have the discipline to follow through Sunday to Saturday each week? Right? Time is of essence. Uh, and I think in the season um, it's very important that you've got that discipline to follow through. And we, we have it mapped out for those guys, and uh, I think you'll benefit from that. What gives you the confidence that he has that will to prepare and has the ability to be consistent? Like you said, the, the potential is sky high, but we haven't seen enough of it yet. Right. Well, I mean, I, I always speak on behalf of what I've observed. You know, I mean, I think, um, you know, he's really bright. Uh, I think he's got character. He's humble. Uh, he cares about people. Um, you know, when you start talking about quarterback, right, I mean, we're not just talking about physical ability, right? We're talking about awareness. We're talking about the ability to influence the other people around you, right? Um, to change the room when you walk in, right? Because of your credibility, your example. Um, you know, quarterback's the hardest thing to do in all sports, right? and in the NFL in particular, and I would say that the SEC is the next uh, closest thing. So uh, he's up for the challenge. You know, how do you develop confidence? You do that with your preparation, right? And ultimately, that's what each day for him has been. Right, you mentioned this before, but you know that emotion and energy that you feel on game day, you got to channel that to Monday morning when it's time to hit that alarm and get out of bed and go work each day. Right, so 
I think that's the challenge, and the great ones, they do that. Good stuff there from Billy Napier talking about the growth of Anthony Richardson and what it's going to take for him to be successful uh, this fall. And we'll get to hear from Anthony himself, too, of what he is doing uh, to get to that point. But, of course, you know, being being a leader, that's what uh, is a big part of uh, being a quarterback at the University of Florida, being a quarterback anywhere. Uh, as Billy Napier just said, you know, it's the hardest position to play in sports. And part of that is you, know, you can't just be a player in, in that position. You have to be – a leader as well, Anthony Richardson taking on that role. Uh, but just, you know, just learning, there's not a lot of experience <laughs> to, to, to go back to and, and Anthony Richardson. Now uh, you go back to last year and dealing with the injuries and, and dealing with the coaching situation and, you know, kind of the, the, the fumble there of, the, of not putting him in uh, and playing enough when he finally was healthy. Uh, so there's a lot of hype going around for not a lot of results. And I'm, I'm a big believer in it. So um, I hope it all plays out. But, you know, there is a, a certain pressure there uh, that even without the stats to back it up, there's a lot of eyes on Anthony Richardson, especially when you start going and he's talking about him at SEC Media Days this week. And also whether he'll be a top five, top ten NFL draft pick. Uh, you go and <laughs> look at – what a lot of that is based on, a lot of that is based on uh, the potential there for, for Anthony Richardson. So, you know, Billy Napier making sure uh, – I, I love the quote about, hey, it's a quarterback-driven system. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, a lot of offenses are, but I also think in, when you hear that, a lot of people will go back and look at Billy Napier's offense, Louisiana, and how maybe running back heavy it was. And maybe – on the surface, not be so quarterback driven. I believe with Anthony Richardson and that skill set, and you guys have heard me say it, it's going to open up a bit. I think he's going to trust Anthony Richardson a bit more than he did Levi Lewis, just because of the pure talent. That's not a shot at Levi Lewis. He won a lot of games at Louisiana. But you get one year with Anthony Richardson more than likely. Can't hold back. Can't hold back if he's ready to go. I believe he will be. I believe when Billy Napier says this is a quarterback-driven offense, I think we'll see it on full display. That means Anthony Richardson's got to do the things that he needs to do to get to that point. So, talking with him at SEC Media Days, they get to ask him the work that he is putting in to become a better quarterback. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anthony, where do you feel like you've made your biggest improvement? You no, know, uh, just working hard, you know, this offseason, uh, become a better leader and a better passer, you know. Just trying to be a better overall quarterback. I feel like that's the main thing I've been working on. Go into the detail about the things that you are working on, like specifically at, at the quarterback position. What are the things that you want to get better at as, you know, as, like mechanics goes for, for you to take that next step? You no, know, decision making, that's, that's definitely the main thing. But when it comes to mechanics, you know, uh, just keeping my arm angle, like, perfect you know and my feet uh, I feel like my feet that ties into everything you know um, I talk to Coach Denny a lot and most of the time my feet they get very lazy and that's not 
like, ideal for me when it comes to passing. So that's, that's, that's been the main thing, just working on my feet and becoming quicker and more efficient with that. Talk about the dynamic of you have a quarterback coach that's not involved with Florida. How does that work? You know, what, what does Florida look for in a quarterback trainer for you, or is it just kind of like your own decision? And the thing that you're working on, does it kind of interfere with what Coach Napier wants for me? You know, um, I've been training with Coach Denny for a while now, um, maybe like five or six years now. So uh, that's pretty much been my guy. Uh, that's pretty much been the only guy I've really known when it comes to quarterback training. And he, he communicates so well with the coaches, like whenever there's anything that I need to work on or same vice versa with them. They communicate with him because you know, they know that, that, that that is my guy and that's who I train with, you know. So he makes things a lot easier for me when it comes to throwing the football, you know. So uh, when it comes to deciding who I'm working with, it, it's always him and he communicates well with the coaches and everything just rolls and falls into place. He told us if they changed the rules of football and you weren't allowed to run, that the goal was that you would still be a first rounder. How far along into the, the process, he said you guys were tinkering with some stuff, how far along into that process are you now? He said you were maybe like 30% of the way at the spring game and maybe 80% when you went to the Manning Passing Academy. Where are you now? Honestly, I don't know, you know, because I, I have been grinding, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I can't put that past me. I have been grinding a lot, you know. Um, shout out to Coach Denny, you know, because he always find, uh, finds a way to just unleash something in me, mm -hmm. you know. Um, like there's there's things that I do sometimes when I'm there in the facility that I've never thought I could do, you know. So um, that's always been his main focus, like becoming a better passer because he's always seen it in me. I haven't seen it in myself all the time until I started working with him, you know. So just working with him, uh, he unlocked a lot of things for me, and uh, I'm just ready to showcase it. Well, how excited were you uh, when Marcus committed? I know that's someone with Stokes committed, but that's someone you've worked out with uh, up there at Six Points. No, it's always great when you get another Gator commit, you know, adding somebody to the family, you know, and then somebody from the Six Points family as well. That's a blessing, you know, a blessing in disguise, you know. Um, hopefully we can get a training session there soon. Well, we know. talked to him, he wanted a studio session more than a training session. Hey, we can get both. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Who are some of the guys that uh, talked to Mark Hockey, uh, we'll talk to him next week. Who are some of the guys that stand out to you in the weight room? Some, I think Tim Tebow calls them, you know, freaks. It's a lot of people, you know. Today, we, today we just did uh, max squat in Kingsley, the starting center. He just hit seven thirty-five on the what? squat, you know. So, you know, it's just stuff like that you don't see every day, you know. It's a lot of freaks, you know, um, like freshman running backs squatting six hundred, you know. It's just man, the freshman. When I came in, I, I didn't see anything like it. So for them to be in there doing that is. It's different. Who's that, Trevor? Yeah. Squatting 600? Yeah. Oh, uh, Day Day, Dejan Reynolds, mm -hmm. the receiver. He squatting 600 too. Like, stuff like that is shocks you because you don't see it that often. Mm -hmm. You know, but well, shout out to them for grinding. What about you? You know, me, uh, they, they try to hold me back, you know, because I'm the QB, so I, I don't really get to, you know, uh, unlock and unleash everything. But, you know, I, I try to. They, they put you in bubble wrap. They're, they're, they're holding yeah. you back. Yeah, you know, got me in a cage, you know. <laughs> can't let the beast stop. <laughs> uh, Concept-wise for the offense, what is the biggest difference from going Moe's to Napier offense? You know, what do you, what, what makes you feel like you'll succeed in this offense concept-wise? You know, um, I don't really know, you know. I feel like everybody's going to be involved, you know, when it comes to play calling. Like, there's no specific call for somebody. Like, you know, um, when, the, when the player is there, um, there's always at least somebody that is designed for it, you know. Everybody has a, a role in the offense in each play, you know, so you got to be efficient whenever you move throughout the offense. 
So I don't really know um, what concepts or the concept. That's that's definitely different. But everybody's going to be involved. How is he as a as a quarterback coach? I mean, you had one who in Dan Mullen who has a long history of, of developing quarterbacks. How has Billy been in terms of working with you and and, and teaching you anything? You know, um, it's definitely different. You know, uh, working with Coach Mullen. You know. I, I definitely learned a lot. You know, he's basically the quarterback guru. He knows a lot about the game. You know, uh, sometimes it, it would be in practice. He would ask me like a, a route concept based on this coverage, and he already know where, where the ball is going. You know, before he can even process it. And with Coach Napier, it's totally different. You know, he tries to make things simple for you. You know, uh, whenever you are reading the defense, reading the coverage, like, if it looks like this, don't go there. Go the, go the other way. You know, so. Both guys, um, they, they kind of work hand-in-hand. Hand. You know, I try to take information from both. I'm definitely grateful I got to work with both. Anthony, what's it like being a quarterback for Billy Napier in the offseason? Are there any unique you know, situations or anything he gives you to work, to work on in the offseason to take that next step? Uh, he's given each, each and one of us, um, you know, different things that we need to work on in the offseason. You know, and the things he have put in place for us, such as the lesson plans, you know, it's forced us to become better players. You know, uh, we kind of got to see things the way that they see things. You know, and I feel like that's that's helped us a lot this off season. You know, but just stuff like that has been you know very helpful, useful. The lesson plan that you mentioned a while ago that Billy Napier has you working on in the off season. What's your favorite part of the lesson lesson plan? What's your biggest takeaway from it? You know, um, I guess pretty much the whole thing. You know, because we have to draw out our plays. You have to watch film and draw the defense, you know. Uh, just stuff like that, it, it forces you to learn football, you know, and see, see it the way that they see it. And then the OTAs, like, that's another thing. Um, like they made us run the OTAs. Like, we had to go out there and, and run 707 by ourselves, um, go out there and run plays by ourselves against the defense, you know, call our own plays sometimes. You know, so it, it's kind of forced us to learn how to play football without somebody breathing down our neck. There you go. Getting to hear even more from the quarterback for the Gators, Anthony Richardson, in, in two settings uh, there. We got him in the regular media room uh, and then also uh, Nick De La Torre, uh, And we got to kind of go off to the side uh, when he was done with his interview, when AR was done with his interview with Tim Tebow right there with the SEC Network. He came over uh, and Nick De La Torre and I uh, paired up and was able to ask him some more questions. We got to wrap back around and go deeper into some questions. We got to ask in the media room. Uh, and then, you know, of course, follow up and go a little bit deeper uh, with some of the conversation there. And, and Anthony Richardson learning that offseason program. You know, we got uh, we went through it um, not long after Billy Napier was hired. Uh, Will Miles and I here on, on Gators Breakdown, we went through uh, that offseason plan and, you know, what the, the, the drawing of the plays that the quarterback has to do, the drawing of the defensive plays the quarterbacks has to do. And then the co player comparisons uh, that are thrown out uh, for the highlights for them to watch. And I believe it was uh, Zach Goodall who asked Anthony Richardson about that part of it and the player comparison. And I think it was that they wanted Anthony to watch highlights of Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so I, I wish I'd have been there in that setting because I, I, I want to know what uh, what are those two quarterbacks bring in the NFL uh, that they want Anthony to emulate? Why do they want him – to watch those two players of course they're good quarterbacks and so but what specifically uh we, about those quarterbacks do they want Anthony Richardson to emulate so but you know that's part of the offseason plan part of uh, being a better player understanding the game better uh, I thought that was fascinating when we went back and, and looked at those offseason plans and the detail that 
Billy Napier is asking from his quarterbacks, asking from his players to understand your position, positions around you, and everything that happens on the other side of the ball as well. Uh, so uh, Anthony Richardson, I think, is going to become a, a more knowledgeable uh, quarterback given what Billy Napier asked his quarterbacks to do in the offseason. And then let's go back to uh, the, the beginning of the soundbots there and the things that Anthony Richardson is working on uh, on the field. And, and, and look, there was – I was talking to Denny, um, as I said, you know, uh, Denny had been on, Denny Thompson, his quarterback trainer, had been on Gators Breakdown when Marcus Stokes committed, uh, but then also on the On3 podcast with Nick and uh, Zach Albaverde. So uh, Denny's been making the rounds, so there's some interest there uh, of how it all works. I was kind of you know, very interested in the relationship between quarterback, trainer, and staff, and, and how do you balance that? And I'm glad to know there's some communication uh, in that regard, as there should be. Uh, you don't want to erase what the staff wants in their quarterback, but there's a reason Anthony Richardson is working with a trainer in the offseason. First of all, college football, you have to limit access uh, and, and all that stuff, how many hours they can de- dedicate to football. Uh, but then he's got a really good reputation for developing quarterbacks here in Jacksonville. So I do like, you know, Denny can take his own style, but talk to the staff and say, all right, what do you, what, what does Anthony need to work on? What do we need to work on? What do I see that he needs to work on? Relay it back to the staff, have a really good relationship there of what a quarterback needs to be in both their eyes and with both reputations there of, uh, of Billy Napier and, and, and quarterback development, most recently with Levi Lewis. I hope, I think, we hope there's a untapped potential right here with Anthony Richardson that would elevate even more than a, than not a shot at Levi Lewis, but you know Florida's going to win a lot of games this year. It's going to be some, need to be some better quarterback play. So you got a reputation already. Uh, we want to see that you know Billy Napier get you know let Anthony Richardson reach that potential. So uh, you, you, there's a reputation there, but let's see it raise up a little bit. I'm, I'm the highest stage of college football in the SEC. Let's let Anthony Richardson live up to that draft potential. Uh, then the reputation also of Denny Thompson. So also, um, you know, right there with, with Denny. So I'm glad uh, that, you know, that, that 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 relationship there seems to be uh, very – one that is very – interactive with each other, I guess is the best way to put it. You know, it's not just uh, Denny doing his thing and the staff doing their thing. Uh, because I, I think it was Denny – I was talking to him, I believe, it wasn't on uh, a podcast, but the staff last year, Garrett McGee coming in, of course, taking over now for Brian Johnson leaving that. There was a – wanted to change some of Anthony's mechanics, and it kind of made him uncomfortable. Uh, in, in in a sense. So maybe going back, erasing some of the things from last year, get those mechanics fixed. You heard about the things uh, that they are working on, what Anthony himself wants to work on, what he thinks he needs to work on, where he needs to get better, and hope to see all that pay off uh, with, some, with some more work that happened this past spring and summer, putting all that together, and now going to work with this staff as fall camp is on the horizon. So, all right, let's wrap up this episode of Gators Breakdown at SEC Media Days with more thoughts from Anthony. Mainly, what does he think about wide receiver transfer Ricky Pearsall? Chris Pinson, WCJB TV20 in Gainesville. Anthony, you know Gator Nation is its own unique blend of people. 
Obviously, there's big expectations on you at quarterback, big expectations on Coach Napier to come in and help this team win right away and get back to prominence it had you know, over a decade ago. How do you guys talk about those expectations and how do you shoulder them without putting too much pressure on yourself? You know, we try not to look into them too much, you know. We try to take everything one day at a time, you know, because we can't predict the future. We don't know what, what it's going to you know, be for us. But um, as long as we prepare for everything, just taking it one day at a time, I feel like everything will be smooth. We'll stay on the right side, fourth row. Florida has had some changes at head coach in the past five years. What confidence does uh, Coach Napier have? Um, what do you like about him? And um, how excited, what does he do that you like? You know, uh, Coach Napier, he trusts in himself, trusts in his system. He trusts in the players and the staff, you know, so. No, his confidence is, is unmatched. You know, he's a people's person. That's the main thing I like about him. You know, he puts people before himself, and I definitely respect that because I try to do the same thing. You know, so um, you know, just his confidence. That's pretty much the main thing that's rubbing off on all of us. Second row here on the aisle, Anthony Patterson with the Atlanta Voice. Um, your your teammates talked about you growing into a leader and constantly growing as a player. For you, how has Napier kind of shaped you growing since he's gotten to Florida? You know, he's kind of told me I, I have to be, you know, the guy and the leader, you know. A lot of people look up to me. A lot of people are looking at me and expect me to do a lot of things. You know, uh, throughout my years of playing football, people always told me I have to be a leader. I never really understood what that means, you know. I thought I had to scream and yell. But uh, now with Coach Napier, I understand that it means uh, connecting with people, building relationships and bonds, you know. If people can trust you and rely on you, it makes it a lot easier easier to um, lead them. Front row to your left. Anthony, Ricky Pearsall transfers in. What's your relationship like with him? I heard it got off to a pretty good start. And what's your relationship been like since then? Have you guys been working you know, off the field and, and trying to get the rapport down with this new receiver? Yeah, Ricky, that's my guy. I remember when we were trying to get him here. Uh, I went out to dinner with uh, his family and him, you know, uh, just trying to connect with him. You know, he, he's a great person. He's very smart. You know, he's fast. You know, uh, I appreciate his speed. You know, it's going to make it a lot easier for me to throw the ball to him. You know, but he's a, a great person, a great player. You know, we've been connecting on the offseason. Uh, before I came here, I was talking to him, let him know we got to get some work in this weekend. You know, because the season's right around the corner. We just got to be able to connect like that. What is Ricky? You talked about him a little bit earlier, but what does he bring to the offense that maybe you didn't have without him on the roster? Uh, he brings some elusiveness and some speed, you know. Uh, we have a lot of fast guys on the team. And when I say a lot, I mean it. Like, there's a lot of speeds on the team, but uh, sometimes we, we did need a guy who was a little shifty like Naquan, right? You know, uh, Naquan, yeah, he wasn't really able to do a lot last year because he had Malik Davis and uh, Damian Pierce ahead of him. But, like, we, we needed guys like that to be on the field, like, just add some wiggle room to the game, you know. Um, and I, I feel like Naquan and Ricky's going to be able to do that for us. Kind of like quick, more so than fast. Definitely. Sounds like Billy Napier's putting a lot on Anthony Richardson as far as leadership goes. And, and uh, I think uh, I, I screamed some trust there. Uh, I think the you know, trust has been a big theme with this staff dating back to spring. And we, and we heard it through spring practice and all that. But now we fast forward here to fall camp, uh, starting on the horizon, now at SEC media days and. Uh, you can tell the Billy Napier's putting a lot on Anthony Richardson to take that leadership role, take that leadership mantle, uh, and, and 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 go and run with it. And it's got that perfect persona uh, to go along with it. You don't have to be, like you said, you don't have to be that loud, hollering, rah rah, in your face type of um, 
yeller and screamer and demonstrative. You don't have to be that uh, to, to, to be a leader. You can lead by example. Uh, you can lead in your own way. And I think Anthony Richardson is, is going to do that. So, uh, but, you know, Billy Napier giving him plenty of work to do to make sure he gets uh, to that point. And then the, the relationship he's already developed, Anthony Richardson I'm talking about here, the relationship he's already developed with transfer wide receiver Ricky Pearsall. That started out uh, really, really early. Pearsall visits. Uh, they, they, they have a dinner. There's some communication going on. Uh, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, this is, this is Anthony Richardson. Yeah, uh, this is uh, a quarterback who's getting a lot of uh, a lot of hype, a lot of potential. Uh, you know, whatever, wherever other school that you're thinking of going here, they're not going to have a quarterback like this. So let's get that introduction very early in the process, and maybe that can be a selling point for Florida. Because what did it end up being? Auburn, Oregon, I believe, uh, when it was all said and done. And well, I mean, Bo Nix at Oregon, no, no, don't compare that one. Don't compare that one. So <laughs> this. Uh, yeah, go play with Anthony Richardson. So I'm glad you know, it was a, a kind of a, a move to get that relationship started early. Hopefully it would pay off in the end, and it did. Had a big part in this one. Uh, and, you know, talking behind the, uh, behind the scenes there at SEC Media Day, they, they, they there's a lot of people really high on Ricky Pearsall. You heard Napier, the reason, go, the reason they go get him is because Florida needed a receiver like him, didn't necessarily have one like him on the roster. And look. Stats may be very similar to, to somebody like Jacob Copeland and Justin Shorter, but it's a different style of stats. Now, I still don't know if this means Florida now has a number one receiver. I think it gives Florida another good receiver, and it may be the, the, the fact when we get to the end of the season, you know, Florida had some really good uh, receivers, 18, 19, as far, and, and as far as stats go, not necessarily really a number one guy, Van Jefferson would lead the way, but he didn't separate as far as numbers of catches go um, from the rest of the pack there at the wide receiver group. And I kind of see maybe similar this year. You'll have a guy one game who could catch six, seven passes and maybe only two the next game. But somebody else is going to be catching six, seven passes uh, the next game. So I'm not sure Florida's going to be able to identify a pure number one where a defense has to go game plan for a wide receiver. Uh, but I do think Ricky Pearsall adds something that Florida doesn't necessarily have uh, on the roster and in that wide receiver room. So good to hear Anthony Richardson's got a you know working with him, getting getting a rapport with him. Already has a relationship as well. I can uh, you know, relationship's been big too. Another theme of uh, trust and going and playing for your teammates, and it's already uh, nice to hear that even as a transfer, even though he's been on campus that long, the quarterback and the wide receiver have a pretty good relationship going uh, and get start, getting started as fall camp is right around the corner. So, all right, there we go. I am purely exhausted. I don't know if you can see it. I don't know if you can hear it. But, yeah, I am worn out uh, from covering these Gators at SEC Media Days, uh, driving back from Atlanta, getting this episode out to you uh, before I go crash uh, and call it a night. But, everybody, thank you so much for uh, you know, listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown. We'll have more SEC Media Day coverage on Friday. Uh, I'll give you my order of finish, how I predict that how the SEC East will finish, how the SEC West will finish, and then we'll get the official results as well on Friday. Then you'll also hear from Peter Burns from SEC Network, Braden Gall from Athlon, and we'll wrap it up the Gators coverage with Ventro Miller and Richard Garage. So that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. 
Guys and girls out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.